Tolerance is criticizing ideologies and embracing human beings. Hey, it's Lucas Grobot, and you're listening to Weaver and Loom. Welcome back to Own the Future, a podcast made for and by changemakers and Weaver and Loom, the solo segment where it's just you and me and we get a chat. I haven't been here uh, in a solo segment for a while now, and I'm excited to do so um, because I've been thinking about this thing. I've been thinking about tolerance. If you listen to episode 135 with Dahlia, we actually, towards the end of the podcast, got into this. We started talking about parenting. We started talking about what were some of the next steps for Saudi and this word tolerance came up and we're actually listening to a clip from that episode today. And as I was thinking about her answer, and I think it was a profoundly accurate answer, I began to remember another episode way back, episode 22 with Brandon Polk, where we talked about tolerance there too. And we're going to be playing a clip from that episode as well today. But before we get into it, I want to frame this conversation with what tolerance is, what tolerance isn't, and what I think we can do to take steps in our lives to become truly, not even tolerant people, but become people who learn how to love others and people who learn how to criticize the ideas and ideologies of ourselves, of those around us, of of anything. Because what real tolerance is, let me say this, what real tolerance is, is the ability to criticize all ideas. Nothing, no idea, no ideology, no ideology, no religion, government system, not basketball, not American football, not Aussie rules, not... uh, football, football, should be off limits for the criticism of the the thoughts that make up the fabric of whatever that ideology is. We should be able to have freedom to criticize and be critical of thoughts and beliefs while at the same time not becoming bigoted towards people who hold those thoughts or beliefs. And by the word bigoted, I mean not becoming resentful, hateful, or distancing people who hold belief systems to hold ideologies and thoughts that are different than us. But the way that we can move forward with our lives, to move forward with making a positive impact on the world around us, move forward with improving the quality of our life, is to open up into that dialectical conversation with one another around ideas and thoughts where we can sharpen what we believe, where we can change what we believe, where we can be open up. We can open up to the idea that I might be wrong, that I might have beliefs, that I might be seeing the world and viewing the world through a lens that maybe isn't incorrect, but maybe will give me less than optimal results. Maybe I am viewing the world where I'm I'm holding on to ideas that will think that I think will get me to where I want to go, but they're actually maybe corrupted 
in in their their essence and it will not these ideas these thoughts these beliefs will not get me to where i want to go and those can be small things but based on just like what i believe about myself things i i believe from my childhood about who i am as an individual to really big things about the the existential meaning of the world and everything in between but it's through loving people not enforcing conformity not using fear to control or manipulate others but through actually pulling people into relationship being vulnerable in relationship, being face-to-face with one another and saying, I see you, I know you, I have love in my heart for you. I'm walking closer and closer, engaging more and more in relationship with you in spite of our disagreements, in spite of the way that you view the world and I view the world. Because guess what? No matter who the person is, whether it's your spouse, your husband, or your wife, or you know someone halfway across the world who doesn't even speak your language, you will have disagreements in thoughts because guess what? You and I and the other person, we're not always right and we see the world differently. And I don't think that, I don't think that it helps us or I don't think that we even, it would be even good if we were right all the time. Like, I don't wanna be right all the time especially with the relationship with my wife. If I think that I'm right all the time, what does that mean? It means that I chose to marry someone who was always wrong. And what would that actually say about me? That I have a a pretty bad and poor taste of judgment of character. But today we're not talking about judging of character. We're talking about the, the ideas and the beliefs that we hold. And it's actually through the opening up and the vulnerability that enables us to, to maybe we get hurt or maybe we're hurt someone else, but we're walking in a relationship in love that begins to move the needle. So tolerance is engaging with one another without sacrificing our own values. So first, the first clip that we're going to play today is the clip from episode 135 with Dahlia starting off where I asked her, because in the episode we were talking about all these amazing developments that have happened so quickly over the last few years here in the in the Gulf and the Khalij. And I asked her, what do you think is the next step for Saudi Arabia? Here's a clip. And you you mentioned before, and it didn't it didn't seem negative. You, you were just saying there's so much work that still needs to be done. We haven't arrived yet. What are you, as you look into the future for Saudi, what are the, what are you looking for kind of the next few steps of progress that you're like, I see Saudi going in this direction, taking these steps. And when these milestones are reached, that's going to be a really great day for our nation. I think tolerance. Mm. Tolerance will lead us to become a more balanced society, being able to absorb what comes against us. And, um, um, handling it very well and and bringing it out in a positive way that we will make, uh, that will be beneficial for us as long as we can't handle that 
there will be so much imbalance in our daily life, in our human interaction with it, amongst each other. I'm not in Saudi at the moment or I'm most, most of my time. But I think as long as tolerance doesn't exist, mm. um, imbalance will be in every as- social aspect uh, in Saudi Arabia or for Saudis and in Saudi society that will be reflected in, in, in um, their human relations with themselves, among themselves, with expats in the country and with the outside world. Mm. Can, you, can you help me define tolerance a little bit? Because the way, the way that it's used in the West and in the States, I, I find to be a very different practical m- meaning and outplay than it does here in the Khalij, when we talk about tolerance here, um, tolerance in, in the West has in many ways been kind of a weaponized term um, where that any time that someone disagrees with you, um, especially for like the younger generation, snowflakes, like, well, you're disagreeing with me, you're just not tolerant, which um, I find to be the very opposite of what the word should mean. Um, but you've even mentioned earlier that there there needs to be this ability for disagreement. So how do you see the word tolerance um, play out? Does it mean actual more open disagreement with cultures, but still letting people have those cultures? Or is it saying um, you have to fall in this line as they're doing in the West right now? I take the first choice. It's you being you and me being me. Mm. And even in the Quran, it says, you have your religion, I have my religion. And what I mean with tolerance is understanding that not everybody who's against a certain point of view is against my country or my family or my tradition or whatever belongs to me. We can live with disagreement. We can love each other with disagreements. We can get along. And on the contrary, we can even preserve, preserve our tradition, our religion, our identity, even though if we have different um, um, cultures or traditions living next door, um, of course, we have a different setup and framework and there are limits to everything. But as long as um, uh, um, this goes in in alignment with the rules, with the uh, law of Saudi Arabia, why should that be wrong? Yeah. And this is what I still miss in the mentality of most people. Mm. I think I think we need that in the West too. Again, right now everything is <laughs> so polarized that you can't yeah. you can't disagree with someone without being called a name or being called racist yeah. or you can't have a, a disagreeing gotcha. thought outside of your identity politics, um, whatever tribe you're a part of. And so I I am in full agreement with you that we need to have more disagreement. We have to be able to have those, those conversations where we come away saying we think differently, but we can still be friends. We can still have a relationship. We can exactly. still work and collaborate together to build uh, a country, to build a society, to build a, our world. And I think one, I, one thing parenthood has taught me is if I don't speak and I don't discuss and I don't teach, um, I will create a fear. The fear, the wall of fear will get higher and higher mm. and higher and will block communication. 
And it's not easy to uh, tackle this fear, to discuss that fear, to, um, to, uh, to confront it. Um, but once I managed to do that with my daughter, I realized that our relation has gained trust. Mm. It wasn't very easy, especially, you know, with my views and her views and we clashed, but I had, um, um, as a mother, not to lose her, I had to change a lot of my thinking or my perspective also on things. So in able to, to understand her, it didn't, it did not mean I changed my values mm-hmm. or I changed my, my opinions, but I was able to un- change my method of talking to her. It's powerful. And this is what, and I believe this is um, what you said goes for everybody. I mean, there are the Arab moms, there are the Western moms here in Dubai, you have a much more variety. And I realize Western moms are also unable to talk. It's all the they same. They also clash with the <laughs> children you know i always thought it's this arab mom's group like my daughter likes to call me but no it's uh, even um, my son is 14 and he has more um western friends as um in his group and they clash the same we we clash mm-hmm. and in some forms they're even stricter yep yep yeah i i love i love what you said how if we don't communicate if we don't talk, if we just scoop things underneath the carpet, we give silent treatment, we avoid topics, that fear continues to build and build and build, and that separates our relationship. And if there is fear, then there's not trust. And if we don't have trust between our children, then they're not going to listen to anything that we say. And the same goes for society, that we actually have to yeah. begin to open up and have those dialectical conversations that are difficult, that are hard, that are challenging, that are, that could point out faults in ourselves. It can point out faulty ways that we have thought or we have acted that we'll have to apologize for. And that's very, a very vulnerable thing. But I also like how you said, it doesn't necessarily mean giving up your values. In the West right now, tolerance means you need to give up your values and accept my values. But, yeah. but the real real tolerance is saying, I have a set of values and I have a, a, a way of viewing the world and you do too. I can change the way that I interact with you so that we can meet on common ground. And I, I just thought you said that so beautifully. Um, and if, if we talked for an hour and 10 minutes and that was the only thing that someone heard, um, I think that would have been, uh, I think that is just such a, a beautiful and important important point for the the day and the age that we live in. Thalia brings up this incredible picture of her relationship with her daughter and that she had to learn to not bury things and not build this wall of fear of trying to enforce conformity upon her daughter in their relationship or trying to trying to just bury things and have that wall of fear between one another. But she said that she had to learn to approach her daughter differently, engage with her daughter in relationship while not compromising her values, while saying, well, these are still the values that we hold, but I can engage with you in a loving relationship without having to use fear so that you can conform to my ideologies, to my ideologies, to my values, because that isn't tolerance. That is just 
fear-based conformity. One of the reasons that I want to talk about this today is because if we are going to be people who live out our purpose and our destiny, we have to clear the fog about the things that we think and we believe. The, the first step here that people, I think myself included, like to leap to is to point to uh, an ideology or system or government or a religion or cultural cornerstone and say, well, this, this system is a problem. You know, in, in America, America is riddled with identity politics and it could be very easy to point to conservatives, to point to Hollywood, to point to liberal ideologies and say, well, these, these things are need to change because they are intolerant and they are have calcified in what they are. And but today we're not trying to point the finger at something or someone else, but we're pointing the finger inwards at ourselves to say, are we being critical of our own beliefs? Are we being critical of the old the, the are the things that we hold to be true? And are we testing them? Are we testing our beliefs and our ideologies within ourselves? Are we testing our character within ourselves to say, is this congruent? Does this hold water? Does does this make sense? Does this play out in the world in the way that I think it will? Is this leading to loving other people better? Or are these beliefs, are these things that I hold true actually lies that are hurting me. Now, these are not necessarily huge um, um, existential questions as far as, you know, what you believe about where the universe began or something like that, but it can also be things that you believe about yourself. Do you believe that you are a person that's capable of being loved? So many of us believe that we're not worthy of love. Is this an idea that is rooted in truth? Or is this a subtle lie that has crept in somewhere along the way through wounds, through uh, uh, things in our life that have, have caused roots of bitterness and roots of self-hatred to grow? So it's not just questioning, you know, big political, you know, stances necessarily or religious stances, but even things that, that come back down to our very personal identity. And when we begin to allow ourselves to have freedom to test these things, freedom to believe different things, it actually gives us freedom to allow other people to view the world differently than us and enables us to engage with them in relationship, in love, without using fear or manipulation to conform them and threats to conform them into operating a certain way so that we can feel safe, so that we can feel not intimidated, not threatened or challenged in our identity and having our values threatened and challenged within that relationship. And being able to walk with people even when we see the world differently and having the ability to one another have that conversation and to say, hey, I noticed that you keep on saying this about yourself. I noticed that you keep on saying that 
you're, you're lazy or that you're stupid or that you're not beautiful. Even, even at this level, to be able to criticize someone's thought and say, hey, I noticed that you, you're always talking bad about yourself. I don't know if that's serving you and being critical of one another's thoughts and beliefs is actually loving one another as long as we're not pushing people out of relationship at that cost. So as I said, this also reminded me of another conversation that I had back episode 22 of Own the Future with Brandon Polk. Um, Here's the tape. Can you give... Uh, a, a quick breakdown on on uh, what it means to be tolerant, what tolerance is, and then finally a a single takeaway of how can you you not just exercise tolerance this week, but what's an an action step to really begin a, a dialogue and a conversation with people who aren't are not like you. It's awesome. Um, well, I can tell you before I tell you what tolerance is, <laughs> I can tell you what tolerance is not. <laughs> um, tolerance is not making other people compliant to your understanding of the world or your preferred, um, understanding of how they should live, of how the other mm. should live or what their status would be. Mm. Um, even if you communicate it in kindness as a conservative or liberal ideology, mm. right? So you can say we believe in um, in more conservative government, you know, um, or more fiscally responsible government. Um, how you believe people should live or exercise that you cannot control. That is not tolerance. That is compliance. That is that is um, trying to legislate trying to legislate a sense of conformity, um, whether it's through government or through community um, or whatever thing you might be a part of. Sometimes we do that in family. Um, you know, we actually say, you know what, you can't be a part of our family if you believe X, Y, and Z thing, yeah. or if you behave in a certain kind of way, right? Yeah. And so what we're preferencing there is not the person, but we're actually showing preference for the person being valuable only if they conform mm. to what you want, only if they're compliant to what you say they have to do, to who you say they have to be. Because my experience um, of yeah. my experience of tolerance in America, at least, it's it, it's more like putting up with. It's like it's like I'll let you believe that, but we don't have any relationship. I'll tolerate you, but really, I have a a, a low level of hatred for you. That's when I hear mm-hmm. the word tolerance in the Western context. That's what I yes. hear. But you're yes. saying that that is not tolerance at all. That is that is not tolerance. So what is tolerance then? Um, I'm giving my own definition of it. So, (laughs) um, being tolerant does not demand that people not have their own set of principles Mm -hmm. or that people do not have self-determination, um, or free will and how they decide to live their lives. Um, what tolerance is, is the capacity. It is the behavior um, for allowing people to have self-determination in how they choose to live and what they choose to believe while still, un- while still allowing and understanding that there is a fundamental value in the humanity of another person mm. that must be respected and honored. Tolerance is listening without judging the character of a person while still having space to dissect 
criticize in a healthy way or even be skeptical in a healthy way of a particular ideology, right? And, or a particular way of living. Um, so to summarize that, I don't, in, in my judgment of another person, I don't ever bring them closer to me. Mm. In my kindness with another person, not only do I engage them relationally, but I also increase the opportunity of being able to not only be changed, but to change, but to see them change also through that kindness. That is, that is tolerance. Tolerance is not disengagement. It is engagement of the human being at the psychological level, at the emotional level, at the, even at the academic level, at the intelligence level right? Um, to fully be curious and understand what's going on in another person, community, or entity without sacrificing my own values. This is what people think tolerance is, is that I have to conform in order to be loved. Yeah. When the reality is that I don't need to fit in in order to be loved. I don't have to change anything about myself in order to be loved. I should belong as a part of the human experience, belong with humans. <laughs> yeah. And I can be different, right? So... Yeah, so that's just my thought about how tolerance can like be that. like that, the actual posture of what tolerance is um, and how it can be lived and felt. So how do you practice tolerance? How do you go out into the world and do that? I would say one is, of course, giving space for people to have free will, listen more, talk less, <laughs> um, <laughs> ask so more simple, questions. Huh? It's so simple, right? It's ask more questions. Learn how to ask questions about what a person is saying. Don't just mm. say, oh, that's great what you said. No, ask more questions because on the other side, people don't know what you don't know about what they said. Um, and you don't know what they're not, you know, uh, that they fully understand and, 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 and they're, um, and they're communicating about their experience. They don't know what you don't understand about their experience. So you have to clarify, seek clarity, seek understanding, be investigative, be curious about the whole of a person, about the whole of a community. Um, um I say this all the time, read books that weren't written for you, mm. you know, um, um, talk to people, go out and intentionally talk to people that aren't like you. Some people have the ability and will have the ability um, as a part of the majority to avoid people that aren't like them. It's the minority that can't avoid the majority. The majority can always avoid the minority, yeah. just depending on where you live and what your experience is, right? Yeah. Um, so, and even then, it's, it's, it is the responsibility of all parties, you know, to sort of look at each other with, with, um, with, uh, with deference and with love just at the human level. If you can't do anything else, you can respect that a person was born and that you were brought into this world um, without your permission mm. <laughs> and they were brought into this world without their permission. Mm. And, and just at that shared fact, you can build a level of understanding and grace and love, you know, if you choose to. Mm. Um, so there's that. There's like intentionally engaging, reading books that weren't written for you, listening more. And I think the posture still is, and this has to be practiced, that, that the posture also has, has, has to be practiced, is that I cannot control another person. When I am trying to control, Gosh, I'm so operating true. out of fear and not love, right? Um, if I'm operating out of love, people have the space to go on their own journey I can ask questions, but I don't have to be defensive. But instead, I can say, you know what, baby, I think you're great. <laughs> I love you. I want you to live and go on this journey. 
go on this journey. And guess what? I'm with you in that journey. And this is what I think from my end about this thing that you're going through in life. I believe mm. this. this is how I, these are what my principles are. I'm not projecting those principles onto you. But what do you think about this? Does this offend mm. you? Does this hurt you? Right? Does this offend you that I'm pro fill in the blank? <laughs> what does it mean for me to be pro fill in the blank? Does it mean that I'm con you because I'm pro this? Let's actually yeah. unpack that when really what yeah. I'm saying is that I'm in, I'm in the room and I'm at the table with you out of a place of love and I'm not leaving that table. Will you stay at the table with me? I love what Brandon says here that tolerance is not disengagement. Tolerance is not conformity in order to be loved. If we are forcing people to conform to a certain way of living or a certain set of ideologies or a certain way of carrying themselves in order for us to love them and to accept them and engage in a relationship with them. If we're using fear to make them conform, then we are actually not tolerant. But if we are loving and engaging with them in relationship, despite of maybe a way that they choose to live, despite something that they choose to believe, that is loving them. And then out of that place of loving them, we have to dissect, as he says, dissect in a healthy way their ideologies or way of life. Likewise, that causes our own ideologies and our own ways of life to be dissected. Because you're not able to have a, a, conver a dialectical back and forth conversation with someone about the things that they believe and the way that they live without opening yourself up it, with vulnerability to the potential that you are also wrong, that you maybe don't see the world clearly. Now, I know for myself personally, I do not always see the world clearly. I don't. I'm often, often wrong. And, you know, in it's evident in my relationship with my wife. It's evident in my marriage that, you know, I I wouldn't even want to be right all the time. Because if I was right all, all the time and my wife was wrong all the time, what would that actually say about my ability to choose a mate? That I chose someone that was so inept that they are always wrong and I'm always right? No, by all means, no. All of us in different areas of our life, at different times of our life, we do not see the world perfectly crystal clear. And it takes that humility in the engagement of conversation to not force someone to conform, but to actually open up in, in dialogue and say, hey, let me, you know, let's engage about the things that we think and believe, but that doesn't take away my love, acceptance, or care for the person in front of me or for the person in front of you. So that's all for this episode. I, I hope you um, were able to follow this little rift on true tolerance, on criticizing ideology, um, whatever ideology that might be. We need to have the freedom to do that within ourselves while holding the value of the individual supreme while loving without forcing them through fear into conformity. And finally, the, the takeaway that, that Brandon gave us is so important. 
to read books that weren't urgent for us, to spend time with people who don't look like us, who don't think like us, who don't who don't live the same way that we do, and then to ask questions, to seek to understand because they don't know what we don't know and we don't know what they know. And we have to ask questions to pull it out of them to understand the way that they live, the way that they act, the values that they hold, and then to love them and engage in a relationship with one another. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please share this with a friend. And remember, I'm Lucas Grobot. You are a change maker. And this is where destiny is woven.